0: You're listening to Education Experts with EDX Education. Education is evolving. Join Heather Welch from EDX Education, chatting with teachers, psychologists, parents, authors, creatives, and other talented experts to keep up with the trends and what's happening from around the globe. This podcast series from EDX Education discusses home learning, school readiness, being creatives, changing in education, Discussing what's next, hands-on learning, or as we like to say, learning through play.
1: Welcome everyone, I'm Heather Welch from EDX Education, and today I'll be in conversation with Ewan Wilmshurst, Head of Advocacy and Communications at the Lego Foundation. Ewan is part of the Foundation's senior leadership team, responsible for advocacy, communication and strategic partnerships across the organisation building a future in which learning through play empowers children to become creative, engaged and lifelong learners on a global scale. Welcome, Ewan. Thank you for joining us today. Can I ask you to introduce yourself and your passion for play-based learning and the adventures that you've had to get here?
2: Thanks, Heather. And it's it's great to be with you today. I mean, certainly at, at the Lego Foundation, play and learning through play is at the absolute core. So the passion is tangible. Every day, I think, as as many of your listeners would know, the Lego Group is still family-owned. And 90 years, actually, this year since the Lego Group was formed. And at the foundation, we're just on a mission to transform the lives of as many children as possible. But right now, at least 75 million children each year by 2032 with access to learning through play. And for me, it's it's a personal passion. I I grew up with two parents as teachers, and one particularly my mum as an early childhood Specialist, and she certainly introduced us to the, the benefits of learning through play from a, a very young age. So it's in some ways it's in my blood.
1: So you've seen it firsthand and you can have the conversations. Have you ever had the conversation with your mum of how education has changed or you know what hasn't changed and needs to change?
2: Funnily enough, recently, yes. And I think you know, us we're here in in the year of transforming education, and the UN is very focused on that just the other day, talking to my mum around that. And Her looking back to the work she was doing actually in Edinburgh and Scotland at the beginning of the 1970s around exactly this innovative pedagogies learning through play. And actually, in many ways for her, just not despondence, too strong a word, but frustrated that here we are, however many decades on and we're still having these same debates.
1: It is true. I mean, I trained as a teacher 20 years ago. And I remember going into my, we used to have to go into these interviews with like the Department of Education. And if you didn't tick all the boxes, which pretty much just said you'll teach to the curriculum, they didn't sign you off as becoming a teacher. And I remember my first interview, I went in there saying, I'm going to change the world. Everyone's going to be creative. I'm going to have this amazing. And I remember the more wiser teacher told me that I've got a class of 30 and it's never going to happen. So maybe I want to rethink my answers. And I always, Remember laughing and thinking, wow, is this what I signed up for? You know, but anyway, you know, it's just how it was, I suppose, 20 years ago. But listen, what I want to talk to you today is that I'm super excited and love the new initiative from Lego Foundation, which is the learning through And I was wondering if you could tell us more about this initiative and what inspired the foundation.
2: Sure, very happy to. And and look, I think just picking up on that piece around how children's learn, I think. What we know at the Lego Foundation, you certainly know as a teacher, I also know as a a parent to a six-year-old, is that plays just the most natural way for children to learn, whether that's reading, writing, maths. It's also how they develop physically, socially, and emotionally. And I think that social-emotional learning is really critical right now, as COVID has had such a negative impact globally on children of all ages, really. And so for us, that was really the starting point during the middle of COVID, was with so many kids out of school and out of formal learning environments... And with parents and caregivers really challenged to be able to find ways for them to learn and engage. And often, frankly, with people feeling that the word play is a frivolous activity and not linked to learning. We first of all felt that during COVID back in 2020, we should really make it easy for parents and caregivers all over the world to access really easy play activities with their children and we developed something called the playlist so that was the initial inspiration was really just getting easily captured easy to do easy to replicate play activities that you could just go in and search age of children kind of activity and we got an incredible response for that and that really inspired us on the journey of saying look you know what we don't need a legofoundation.com static website that has all of our our headshots and says who we are. (laughs) What we need need is a hub for learning through play. That's the core of what we're about. Let's bin the old website and let's come up with a hub that really attracts primarily parents and caregivers, but teachers and many of our partners and others love it too and becomes a one-stop hub for all things learning through play.
1: It was. I mean, I know for myself at the start of the pandemic, all of a sudden you're working full-time, you had your children at home. I mean, I'm a trained teacher. I haven't worked as a classroom teacher for quite a while but I remember thinking how am I going to do this what am I going to do and I've got all the training behind me I mean I had you know my four-year-old playing out the back with messy play and I had my 11-year-old doing maths through the messy play as well with the water with the anything I could find whether it's Lego bricks anything but I remember thinking how do you do this you know and we did all scramble at the start so you know the playlist sounds like an amazing it's something amazing that we all could get our hands on but I suppose. You know, what do you on a global scale, what do you believe are the barriers for play-based learning?
2: Well, I mean, I think right now, as we know, I mean, COVID's become the biggest barrier. I think (laughs) the 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 latest we saw was 1.5 billion children were out of their usual learning environments. And you know what, really scarily, and someone told me this the other day, so I don't know the exact source, but it's an estimated half a billion children were not reached at all during COVID. And that's terrifying, frankly. So I think that's been a huge barrier. But also, we just know, as I said earlier, that often when we talk play, and this, this depends on the culture and the setting, but often play is seen as this frivolous activity, rather than actually It's exactly how children should learn. And I think the more we can start to break down those barriers by making the link to that holistic development, the holistic skills, particularly creativity, social, emotional, how do you cope with stress, but more and more engaging everybody in that. How does early childhood education lead into primary, lead into secondary, lead into being able to cope and thrive with the crazy world that we seem to have created for our children?
1: Everything seems to have supercharged digitally in the last 12 to 18 months. And so anything that you do now, we're all, you know, scrambling online to find something else to do. Or I think one thing I found with learning from home is that actually our whole lives slowed down a little bit, which was quite nice for a period of time. And we went back to a lot of basics because that's all we could do. We went into quite a strict lockdown here when we were based in the UK. And I remember having my children and just thinking, you know, it was really nice not having the club culture running from sporting activities and having them at home and actually we finally had time for this unstructured and free play and it was really interesting watching my children together being able to play together with such a large age gap as well so I think it was we were lucky in that sense not everyone was but um I think with play-based learning it's one of those things it is time as parents we seem to fill our children's schedules a lot I mean what would you think about this?
2: I think it's true. And one of the things we always say here, actually, is that children know play is their superpower. And it's really just the grown ups we have to convince. And I think
0: that's very (laughs) true. I think
2: there are obviously you're the teacher, not me. But I think, you know, there are different types of play. Absolutely. And different Mm. children will respond differently, whether it's guided or free, etc. But I do think it's kind of allowing them the space to, to do that. The big challenge, of course, is where, you know, there isn't access to the Internet. There isn't the access to resources. And, and many of the, the countries we work in and the partners we work in, whether it, that's the work we do with Sesame and, and the International Rescue Committee, where we're really looking at how do you get localized content for kids in really challenging environments from, you know, in refugee camps or, or elsewhere? And actually, how do we make play easily accessible through other mediums, whether that's TV, whether it's radio? So I think, firstly, is us as grown-ups accepting that play is just how kids learn. That is how they're going to learn. They know that, and it's where they learn best. And then working together to find out wherever a child is, whatever environment they're in, what's the way to give them that play experience that they can learn and develop from.
1: That's really interesting. It's also, I love that on your... website the learning through play website you're talking about closing the skills gap and what I found is that you've quoted the education commission 2030 825 million children from low to middle class countries won't have the skills that they need to thrive so we know what would you say are these key skills that current antiquated education systems or non-systems as you know in some countries are lacking especially in the early years
2: well I think there's several interestingly before I came to the Lego Foundation I worked for IBM very focused on exactly this the challenge that exists to get people with the right skills to come into any environment, particularly there into the workplace. But social emotional skills, creativity, resilience, all of those, absolutely critical. Often, you know, the more technical skills are the easier ones to train. There's a huge amount of work happening, for example, through the World Economic Forum on reskilling people. Our argument would very strongly be you shouldn't have to reskill people if you get it right early on. If you look at the innovative pedagogies learning through play from early childhood onwards, kids will develop the holistic skills they need to thrive anywhere. And that includes in the workplace as well
1: that's so true it is the smaller the soft skills that we can't teach but that is you know play-based learning i don't know if you watch your six-year-old and they're building something and the frustration it depends on you watch the emotions as the foundations fall and what they thought was like the eiffel tower or the best building in the world and it's being able to redo it it's the resilience it's being able to start again and not get too frustrated but thinking and problem solving then which i find is really interesting when you watch children learning and one of the things I suppose is, is the foundation looked at retraining teachers in the early years, like retraining teachers through the current systems that we have, but then with flexibility to grow, to become more creative and looking at more these. In mathematics, we always say that children do really well with one plus two. But then when you add words into it, that they find it really hard because that's a different part of the brain.
2: Absolutely. And like the foundation we're focused on. All of the key actors around the child with the child at the center so i've talked you know mostly around parents and caregivers but very focused on teachers and professional development and we work across the world on that and looking at how can we work with others to provide the evidence as well so we're very focused on evidence-based solutions and working with everyone from the harvard center for the developing child to mit to bring that evidence to life to help teachers as you know, it's a challenge. You know, Often the systems in which teachers are working are actually the problem, the way that assessments are run and kids are incessantly tested. And actually COVID showed us there's a very different way of doing that given you know, standardized testing didn't happen for a lot of kids. And actually many of them were able to thrive, not all, but many were. So supporting teachers within the systems. And that's why we're really focused on overall systemic change. It's not one piece, it's not just the teacher, it's not the parent, it's not the policy. It's how do we bring that all together? And we're very focused actually this year when the UN Secretary General has said this is the year for transforming education systems around, well, how do we make sure that early childhood pedagogies and everything else are at the centre of that?
1: It is making sure that creativity is as important as literacy and maths, isn't it? It's like looking at... Well, it
2: is. Absolutely. Yeah. And and often we hear kind of false dichotomy there that it's foundational skills are only literacy and, and numeracy. No one would argue how critical they are. but. Are they any more important than social emotional skills or creativity and actually it's how kids learn it's the pedagogy as much as anything and we know as I said earlier that kids will learn best when they learn through play and that includes reading and writing.
1: But I think that's one you know that as parents sort of children get to this digital age and they say well my child does now is play games or digitally doesn't have toys we don't need toys in our house anymore. Or, well, you know, you get to that stage is when does a child stop playing? Well, I as an adult, I think you shouldn't stop playing. I think it's one of the, the beauties of life to have a playful life. But, you know, this is sort of the backlash that you get, I find, when you talk to, you know, caregivers or even some teachers. They say, well, they learn maths like this. You know, we don't need hands-on materials anymore.
2: I think, I mean, it's a challenge, right, because I think I don't believe that. I don't every day I see my own child in, in, in the work I do. And interestingly, no, I don't believe it ends with childhood or adolescence. Just yesterday, for example, as the leadership team here at the Lego Foundation, we spent three hours, 11 of us, just looking at how can we integrate playful behaviors and playful ways into a leadership. So how is play, learning through play or leading through play, a model that we can use at all ages? And I just don't think it's one or the other. You know, I don't think we need to say it's all about one or the other. It's the way that kids learn naturally. All the evidence points to that. And actually just all of us understanding whether we're parents or caregivers or teachers as to what that could look like, I think is the key. But as I say, if the systems don't support that, if the way that, that teachers and others are assessed, that's the problem as well. So we need to change that and change the mindset around how children learn.
1: Oh, I absolutely agree. I suppose, you know, one way to explain to people is like when you run a business and you have silos, when one department doesn't talk to the other, well, then a lot of things break down and there's a lot of loss of learning between, you know, the marketing to the tech area to the communications. If they're not talking and they're not, it's like play brings it all together, like STEM based learning, I suppose, is a way to look at it in more of a business sense. You know, if you don't talk to each other, if you don't have that agreement of what's happening, there is a lot of breakdowns. And there's, you know, with children, there's a breakdown in the connectivity of how they learn and how they can actually, you know, they get frustrated, so things don't match, and then they need to actually put it together. I don't know, just no, exactly. It. And
2: I think no, I agree. And I think everything that that I've seen and we've seen through our our research into learning through play is that when children learn through play, they undoubtedly learn to cope better with the demands of their environment we've seen that they then respond to challenges with very creative problem solving. They manage anxiety in very stressful situations. And let's face it, the world is pretty stressful. (laughs) Channeling negative emotions, strategies, you know, all of this is is there. So I think understanding what it is and what it isn't. and, And I think you've raised a really important point. It's not all about fun and frivolity. There's hard fun in there. It's got to be meaningful, socially interactive, joyful in as much as play as a learning moment. I mean, I watched my own son and You mentioned it, but the frustration I can see when he's trying to build something or solve a problem. But he's learning and he's learning through play in that very moment, however angry he gets with himself and frustrated. And he's learning how would he do that differently? How will he cope again in future? You know, we just need to look around us and and see. And and many of us in adulthood are uh, adopting the same learning strategies we learned when we were younger. And, And we put them to good use every day, whether we realize it or not
1: no we do it's how you run your teams it's how you do everything it's how you have that social interaction it's the social interaction that you've learned you know I suppose one of the big things and I see this as you're saying your own child I see as my own child is that you know the social impact of play and mental health and well-being moving forward especially after the last 12 to 18 months with you know many countries the schools closed and you know there's high incidences of mental health issues with children so you know let's talk about how we can combat it through play
2: Absolutely. And I think everything we've said, the fact that children in the pandemic were just unable to access anything that was really normal to them. I think there was a, a survey conducted by Home Start in the UK that said 52% of parents in the UK felt that children had not coped well over the last year. Hmm. And 92% of parents said the biggest concern was the impact it's had on their child's development and behaviour. So we know it's just been made worse. And we know that for the daily routines Kids weren't able to see their friends, the teachers, all the normal role models they had. And so what we know then is by engaging children in that creativity and play and why back to why we created the playlist and then learning through play.com was really to be able to harness that, to give them the opportunities to learn, to engage in creativity, to help parents help them cope with the stress of the situation And build that breadth of skills that they need for the future. We've seen it. We know that that play-based learning results in the the mental health, the resilience, and really a love of learning. And that can only boost well-being. So that's certainly where we focused a lot. I think we committed over 200 million US dollars to support children and families during COVID uh, all around the world and through a huge variety of partners. But that was doing things like, you know, supporting distance learning to support educators and caregivers, looking at a whole amount of partners that we work with, I've mentioned some of them, and then really looking even in the most extreme places. So we work with Education Cannot Wait, which is really focused on humanitarian crisis. So we know even those most extreme circumstances of a refugee camp, if you get this right and kids learn through play, it really helps their mental health and resilience. And if we can get it right there, I think we can apply that
1: elsewhere. I absolutely agree I mean there's nothing more important especially if you look at some of the you know the countries that are less fortunate within their systems that they have in place for education and some of the children go to these schools and that's their only hot meal for the day or their only meal for the day and so they didn't even have that during the pandemic so I remember we worked with a school overseas and what they ended up doing is actually home delivering all these meals, because that would have been the only hot meal that these children get. So it's not only it's learning, it's but having that safe and comfort zone as well, which is really important. I suppose, are there any particular countries that you're focusing on first as foundation or it's just a global scale looking at all the projects?
2: Sure, I mean, we we, we are in, and fund through partners working in many countries. We have mm-hmm. deep dive focuses in countries like Mexico and, and South Africa, for example, but also lots of work in Colombia, Ghana Rwanda and as well as in the US and, and the UK so we're really focused wherever children are we've got a saying that we're, you know we're all in for all kids but we're certainly seeing traction in countries like South Africa like Mexico where they're really focused on this Rwanda you know real great engagement at the ministerial and government level on how we can shift the way that systems work for children to learn. So we're focused all over the world, but certainly certain places we're seeing are getting more focused on this. And the key then is how do they become advocates for learning through play with others peer to peer? And we're very hopeful that the UN Secretary General's Transforming Education Summit in September, which will bring heads of state together, that this will be a key part of how we want to transform education going forward. We've learned so much just during COVID that learning through play, innovative pedagogies, holistic skills and development should be absolutely key and that has to start with early childhood
1: and it has to start from the curriculum it has to start from the curriculum all the way down i absolutely agree you know it's amazing to hear this and let's hope that the one thing comes out of covid and this you know mess that i suppose that we've all got ourselves in the last 12 to 18 months is that it does supercharge the changes that even as you say at the start your mum has been waiting for 30 years 40 50 years nearly to change to get more of a play-based learning system in place so Let's hope this, you know, we do supercharge it. Are there any other new initiatives that you'd like to share around play-based learning for caregivers or teachers to look out for?
2: I mean, I think I'd just say, look at go for because that's where we're trying to capture everything. We're really focused this year in the, the 90th anniversary of Lego itself on how we can supercharge early childhood for sure. And we're really looking at how we come up with innovative solutions there. You know, we're always looking at how we can support partners and others to reach even more children with learning through play. But I think that, you know, learningthroughplay.com has really been the place we've said, let's make that hub for everybody and certainly for parents and caregivers but also for teachers and others and that's good a starting point as any.
1: Ewan thank you so much and thank you to the Lego Foundation for all their amazing initiatives I love the playlist and the learningthroughplay.com I think that's such an amazing thing to start even just to start all the traction the advocacy and all the projects that you are doing around the world I think it's you know there's uh, there's no words that I can as a teacher and also as a mother and you know worked in the industry for a long time I just think it's such an important thing and I really hope that we see a massive dent in something that we've known that has to happen for a long time so Ewan thank you so much. Thanks so much Heather.
0: There are so many exciting developments happening right now in education. EDX Education would love to hear from you, so do get in touch or subscribe to our podcast, which is available on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, and so many more. This podcast series is brought to you by Heather Welch from EDX Education, as she'd like to say, let's create lifelong learners.